Howdy, y'all, and welcome to the People You Should Meet podcast with me, Brett Christoffel, introducing you to interesting, effective, and sometimes creative folks of all kinds. Thank you for joining us, and now enjoy People You Should Meet. Howdy, y'all. It's Brett Christoffel with People You Should Meet. Today, my guest is Alyssa Barthel, and she is a plant-based cheesemaker, uh, owner of FutureHeroCave.com, a cheese company a microbiologist, she's a survivor and a wellness enthusiast, and lately she has stepped up into the active duty role as Asian warrior princess caring for her mother with Alzheimer's. Welcome, Alyssa. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. I'm just going to jump into questions. All right, let's uh, do it. Why don't we start with where you grew up? Well, uh, that's a complicated question actually I uh my mom so my mom is from Japan and my dad grew up in LA um and he was a pilot so we moved a lot when I was growing up so um but I was born in Los Angeles and uh I lived in Oklahoma um I mostly went to school we moved to Texas once I got to like junior high school so I went to junior high school, high school, and college in Texas. So I've got some deep roots down there. <laughs> and uh, and ever since then, I've still, I, I just kept moving. Like it, it's kind of in my blood. Like my dad was a pilot. And so he had a restless heart and I think he passed it on to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But currently you're in Oklahoma and enjoying it. Yeah. Good, good, good. Not too far from you. Yeah. Fantastic. And what, did you have any idea when you were growing up what you wanted to be or do? Did you have any kind of aspirations or thoughts on that? Um, I had a lot of different ideas as a kid. Mm -hmm. um, I think I was, I was like a kid that was kind of always onto the next thing and, and I got bored easily. I, at one time I had like a scientist lab under the stairs um, and I had like a little microscope and I would make slides of things. So I wanted to be a scientist and then I, I was writing these little novels. So I was really into writing and uh, yeah, I, I think I'm still kind of figuring it out, but it's, it's interesting because I followed all these different trails uh -huh. and, uh, and it seemed, especially when I was younger, like it was sort of nonsensical and I had no ambition or not that I didn't have an ambition, but it didn't seem very focused because it was kind of all over the place. But now that I'm like <laughs> middle-aged, it's like all the roads kind of have like converged on on my path now. So it, it's like, you know, how, how you get older and it starts to make sense because um, you're just kind of all over the place when you're younger, but then you realize why it all had to happen this way. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Looking back, sometimes it makes a little more sense than looking towards it. You know, it's funny. I um, so my first cheese company. Um, so I had a an artisan cheese company for ten years called Punk Rock Labs, and uh, towards the end, we had a distributor in the L.A. Metro. So people in Los Angeles might recognize the brand, but uh, I I had lived in Southern California right after college. I gr graduated from UT, like. I was a Longhorn. And then I, and I got a job working in a um, biotech lab in uh, La Jolla. And, uh, and uh, I, I was going back to Southern California and I was um, doing all these demos because, um, you know, the cheese was carried in a bunch of grocery stores and I had 
crossed paths with my boyfriend at the time from like right after college. And he was, and I told him, you know, like I was in a, I was doing cheese making and uh, it was really kind of seemed different to me from what I was doing then. And he's like, well, that makes perfect sense. And I was like, it does. And he was like, yeah, because I started it while I was in recovery from a, a car crash. And, you know, at the time that was like a big running joke, how, what a horrible driver I was. Cause I had already gotten in so many wrecks and he was like, well, you were a horrible driver. And I was like, Oh yeah, I was. And, and I had worked in a biotech lab and he was like, you were always bringing back these cultures for me to look at. And I always thought it was weird. And I was like, Oh, I guess it all does make perfect sense. <laughs> it's true. You're still making cultures just in a, in a different way. Yeah, exactly. And it all, all of that work that I did back then did lend itself to, to what I'm doing now, even if it didn't make sense at the time, you know? Right. Now, growing growing up, was there a particular uh, food or dish or what have you that was your favorite? Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because being, you know, vegan now, but like I loved milk. I mean, that was like my favorite. I mean, my favorite drink. And I would my mom would get mad at me because I would come home and I would drink like <laughs> a half a gallon of milk in like one sitting. And she's just like, you're too expensive, you know? Um, and, and it was, it was literally like my favorite thing, but you know, I, I ended up, I mean, the whole reason I started doing this is because I developed autoimmune disease and I can't eat dairy at all. It really messes me up. And so it's like, I loved Jerry, but it just didn't love me back, you know? And so, uh, mm -hmm. um, I think that was part of also what fueled my interest in, you know, what, what I'm doing now too, you know? So, so in other words, the, the, the passion you had for milk has waned. Um, and, <laughs> and but it's like, I needed to replace that with something that sure. was equally good, you know? So, so, so is that what brought you to the plant side? Uh, in other words, autoimmune disease, and you realized, well, wait a minute, I can actually affect this by shifting my diet or? Yeah, I, um, so I had, when I was in my, let's see, it was right around when I turned, I think it was my early thirties and I, I was living in a, an apartment and it had faulty plumbing. And so I was exposed to all of this like a, a really high concentration of really toxic gas from the sewer system hmm. because he had left the sewer main open and um, it completely screwed up my immune system. And so after that, I was just reacting to everything. And um, I was really sick for a long time. And, uh, you know, I was in the hospital and my liver like completely um, went offline. I had like mono for a year and a half. I just had like a lot of problems. And, um, I first discovered, uh, raw food. So I was eating raw vegan food. Mm -hmm. I'm actually, my cheese is going to be featured on this new raw food cooking show. That's going to be on, on, it, it, it is on Unchained TV already, but my cheese is in an upcoming episode and it's going to be, uh, How exciting. I've, I've started doing a line just for the show, you know, because raw food is really, it's, it's foundational for me just, um, for health. And, um, you know, I, I started with raw food and then I started slowly 
adding stuff back in. But really, I found that dairy was one of the biggest triggers and I just had to completely eliminate it mm-hmm. entirely. And uh, I just found that I felt the best eating vegan. So I just, you know, I've been doing it ever since. And how long ago that has that been? That happened in um, 2006. Okay. So it was kind of a process for me of just... I think in the beginning, I mean, everyone has different ways of sort of approaching it. And um, for me, I think I had to sort of build up enough of a repertoire that I could just sort of do it without thinking about it before I really got super consistent about it. So it was it wasn't like, you know, an overnight like I'm completely vegan, you know, but it just Mm -hmm. it was like a gradual progression for me. And um, I think. Yeah, that's kind of how it worked out the best. <laughs> okay. And so you said that the show that you're providing or you provided cheese and going to provide cheese on is on Unchained TV. Is that correct? Yeah. So Unchained TV is a new vegan streaming platform. Um, and uh, Jane Velez Mitchell, she used to be an anchor on CNN and she's a vegan activist and she's the one that started the network. And so it's like a streaming platform, I think. Your stuff has been on there. Wasn't it on, on like Peeled? Uh, yes. Yeah, on Peeled. Yeah. yeah. On, so uh, Peeled is like one of the shows on there too. And yeah, because uh-huh. I saw it on there. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm so happy for him. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's cool. That's exciting. So what kind of cheeses are you making now? And and tell so, me about futureherocave.com. Yeah. So, so Punk Rock Labs closed right before the pandemic. And um it was uh it was kind of a long story what happened with punk rock it's a long sad story but uh so i had always intended to sort of bring it back um however i think like a lot of people during the pandemic like i kind of hit some like uh family crises there was like a death in my family and then um you know a, a sort of elder care crisis that came along with that and so i had to kind of step in and and uh you know be more responsible and you know take in the adult roles you know so i i've been pausing and um but i think the thing with punk rock labs is i had been on the market for 10 years making this artisan cheese and um we had um i mean we got around we had like a distributor in the midwest and we had one in southern california and then we kind of sold nationwide um So it was a really good experience, but I think also it was just a really solid foundation in cheese making because, you know, I was doing it for 10 years and I think I really sort of developed this spine of this cheese making process Mm -hmm. that I really got consistent with because I had done it for 10 years. And so now I'm kind of doing, I'm sort of taking it in two directions in the sense that um, I, I'm doing the raw food line for the show mm-hmm. and that's just, you know, completely pure. And, um, it's really based on the foundation of the original cheese that I started, but I'm kind of, you know, starting to work with new substrates and new flavors and everything. And then the other direction that I'm doing is just using that cheese making process spine and just kind of really trying to push the envelope on developing cheeses that have more fidelity to the experience of, you know, dairy cheese, 
um, and that might have like a more mainstream appeal mm-hmm. um, and just drawing from the process of cheese making um, but you know just using plant-based substrates so uh, so I think that line is so I'm kind of having this annual line like I had a 2022 collection and then I'm I just released this 2023 collection and that's kind of more experimental, like more bold, more like pushing the envelope line. And then I have one that's more refined and traditional and it's also raw that I'm doing with this show. And I'm just kind of, you know, I think we're just starting to tap the potential of what plant-based cheese can be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you look at dairy cheese, there's like 8,000 years of history and we've, developed like all these different flavors and textures and, and you know ways ways to make the cheese that it, we, we haven't even scratched the surface you know so that's just like there's just so many different directions to take it and and I feel like now okay now I've done like all my foundational work it's sort of like you know now it's time to be creative you know mm-hmm. so now you get to do all the fun stuff yeah. Or new new stuff. Are you, when you're talking about the um the changes because I know that there's been some uh, lately awareness in how to create recreate is it is it casein uh or is it just whey uh from plants? Um I don't know. Um well, I think one. they've been they've been doing that for a long time, you know. I mean, cuz even just like um with some of the, like the there's like a rice milk line that's been around for a long time and it's really controversial because vegans don't eat casein and you know mm-hmm. um but it was and, and, and there's like derived. also what it was supposed to be plant derived no. yeah so i haven't i haven't worked with that yet okay. um but yeah there is that's like a whole other area that's like um, really opening up because of, you know, precision fermentation and, um, they're, they're, um, able to sort of, um, isolate, you know, different Mm -hmm. sort of downstream, um, metabolic byproducts, you know, so that you can sort of change like the consistency of the milk or the texture, you know, and, um, and how that, And I've been working with it a little. I haven't had like a lot of um, access to the ingredients yet because it's really all super new. But what I've worked with, it's it's really interesting. Um, I actually started my career, you know, in biotech. So like all of this is very full circle for me because um, I've that's kind of what I was getting to in the beginning because it's just like it seemed like completely unrelated and impulsive that I would quit my career in biotech to go work in the restaurant business you know but now it's like (laughs) no it was all meant to be this way you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's wonderful so as a as a scientist you get to go even further but into fun plant-based foods you know I mean that's a huge win yeah I mean there's just there's so much unexplored um territory but I I think also the intention that I've always had with the cheese is like, I've always approached it from sort of like a wellness perspective because I have so many health challenges that I have to work with. And I mean, I also, that's my education. Like I actually, I graduated from UT, my degree was microbiology. And then I 
I got my graduate degree. It was in Wisconsin, which is like sort of like the American home of cheese. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's like all these dots start con to connect after a while, you know. That's funny. What of all the cheeses you're making, what what is your like absolute favorite? Now, is there a new one? It's answer? well, I have a bunch of new ones right now, and um, but your personal. It's hard favorite. to say because it's like they're. It depends on the day, but like um, yeah. the one that I think um well all of the new collection i i'm excited about in different ways like i have a creamy blue which uses you know um uh roquefort culture penicillium roqueforti um which is like a blue cheese culture so that's exciting because it's like new you know and uh and every time i work with a new culture i discover something different and and so it's just like this wide open like almost like this playground of you know different um this it's like a you know like a paintbrush and you have like different colors you know mm -hmm. um i have one that's like it's like an asian fusion flavor so it's called hafu chili so hafu is like how they in japan they call if you're half japanese you're hafu so this is like a it's a hafu chili. It's like got a nori rind and it's got um, fermented chili paste. So it's super spicy, but it's like Asian and it's got, um, it's like a fusion. So it almost looks like a sushi roll. And then I have, um, uh, so drunken pesto. So this was kind of, there's this guy, Vern, who was, he was the biggest supporter of my sort of crowdfunding campaign to relaunch. And he, uh -huh. So it was so part of it was like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to make your cheese fantasy. Like, what do you want? You know? And, mm -hmm. and so he wanted to do a sriracha. So I turned that into the hafu chili and then he wanted a pesto flavor. So I'm like, okay, okay, I'm going to do this. And so I, I made it, it's like a pesto swirl on the inside, but then on the outside, it has a wine rind. So it's got like a nice. Pinot Noir rind uh -huh. and then it's pesto on the inside. So that one is really fancy. And, um, yeah so those are actually those three i i use chickpea protein so that's sort of my like first um exploration into using like a you know like a, a precision fermentation like ingredient you know uh -huh. um but then um on the other side of it i've been doing new flavors with my traditional line and my favorite raw cheese that i'm doing this season it's a lavender dill and it's just super elegant and refined and fancy. And uh, um, it's really gourmet, but um, but just also just really simple. You know, there's nothing, it's just simple ingredients. And, um, and I love that one too. So it kind of depends on the day. I, I'm really, I mean, I hadn't planned on actually doing this exploration of making new lines of artisan cheese. That wasn't originally my plan, but because of getting detoured with my parents and my mom's care and everything, mm -hmm. I really had to slow down. And so the gift that came out of all of that is like, oh my gosh, this is turning into just this really perfect opportunity to just kind of explore, you know? Cause I think once you start running a business and you get into the grind mm -hmm. of the day to day, it's really hard to just take time out to be like, I'm just going to explore, you know, like you can't do that. You know, it's just, who has time for that? Like, you know, you're right. just like always on such a tight timeline that like you can't, you know? 
So I'm sort of taking advantage of this moment because it's like I've, I've really had to slow down. And like my mom, she's really her condition is really advanced. So I'm basically like housebound and um, uh, we started a garden, you know, so we've been growing all these exotic ingredients. And uh, I just I'm like, I've been going to town on making cheese. Good for you. Well, let's go ahead and step into that because you did take over for your mother's care and she is, does have Alzheimer's. Um, mm -hmm. What, what, how's that experience? Well, I'm sure there's some good stuff. It's, I'm sure it's not easy too, but. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would kind of characterize it as sort of like a spiritual experience because it's so life-changing. I mean, it's like having a baby, you know, and uh, mm -hmm. uh, in the beginning it was just really hard because, you know, obviously coming from like running a business to stepping into this it's just like a real like jolt because you know I was just like go 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 you know like a million miles an hour like mm -hmm. you know getting things done and then like you know my mom like she goes at her own pace and she's older and you know uh it was just like a complete like clash you know and uh, so I think I've, I've actually had to get super into like meditation and yoga just to settle my own mind because she's so agitated or prone to agitation that if I'm agitated at all, like it's, it's just complete disaster, you know? So it's really, I've really had to like dig deep and like find my own inner peace so that I could be a solid foundation for her, you know? So a lot of good has, has come out of that. And it's been like a really important time, you know, because your parents, you know, they're only here for as long as they're here and, and you don't get a second chance, you know. So I'm super glad that I could be here when she needed me. And uh, and yeah, I I started the garden because she is so restless and she was so active and she, that was when she was sort of like the most at peace. So I was like, okay, we're going to do more of that. But then, you know, I've figured out that I really love gardening and it's only, I mean, it's so related to everything that I've been doing. Cause I'm, you know, a plant-based chef slash activist, you know, and so it's only helped me to appreciate that even more. And from a deeper perspective, you know, so it's uh it's been and <laughs> when I started this it, it was just like you know it seemed like the end of the world you know but then the pandemic and everything happened and now like food prices are crazy and you know it's it's just there's been so many benefits I mean just from the fact that like now so much of our food I just pick it out of the yard and it saves a lot of money on groceries and I don't have to get in the car and go drive somewhere like I just you know go in the yard and pick it and I think you know the way things are are going it's it's really like gonna become necessary for everyone you know mm -hmm. yeah they uh became really popular during the uh, second world war in fact yeah the victory gardens yeah I had learned that uh pet boys you know the automotive parts store 
Uh Well, they weren't making cars anymore, so you couldn't buy a new car, so parts were scarce. So they opened huge garden departments in all of their stores so people could have their victory gardens. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, And it's true. And it's, uh, you know, just growing, depending on what people like to eat. Some stuff's really just easy to grow. It's hard not to grow it if you put the seeds in the dirt, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I was living in Minnesota. That's that's where my first cheese business was. And, um, you know, the gardening season is a lot shorter there. But here, the weather is like, it's kind of perfect, you know? It's, mm-hmm. I mean, we can grow like almost year round. And also the other like level to it is that the weather in Tulsa, where I am, is really similar. The climate is very similar to Japan, where my mom is from. Uh-huh. So, like, I've been able to grow all these Japanese vegetables oh, and Japanese flowers, and you know, so it's been really, it's been really good for that too. Because you can't even buy that stuff at the grocery store, and you know, I mean, it just turned out that we live in the perfect climate for it. So that's wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. She's lucky to she's lucky to have you, Alessa. That's wonderful. <laughs> I know you're lucky to have her too. Thank you. Yeah. No. I, I, I feel like uh, it just is. It it couldn't have worked out any better because I mean, my mom, she's native of Japan, so you know, now that she has Alzheimer's, she doesn't really remember how to speak English most of the time. So it's really difficult for people to communicate with her, and especially. I mean, we have caregivers that have been coming to the house so that I can work and everything. Um, but it's like, it takes her a while to build a bond with people because of the language barrier. So it's a lot better mm-hmm. to have people that she knows coming to the house than to just put her in a facility where there's people coming and going and none, none of them speak Japanese. And it's just, that's just super unsettling for her. Sure. So. So yeah, it definitely worked out how it was supposed to. Good, good. Um, what do you find is the most challenging part of of taking care of someone with Alzheimer's? Yeah. yeah. Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, I think the it's agitation. Like to... Okay, their agitation. Well, just figuring out how to deal with that was like, that was a big learning curve in the beginning. And like, I mean, I found that, you know, cleaning up her diet really helped a lot, you know, and there's more and more evidence that's coming out that's, you know, really um, linking certain dietary things to the development of Alzheimer's. Like, for example, one that's people talk about a lot is um, sugar. And how it kind of like fries out your sort of glucose receptors in your brain and then your brain cells starve. And like um, my mom was a complete sugar freak. So it makes complete sense. And when I got here, like my dad, who, you know, was the one that passed away, he was taking care of her. So she was eating like primarily coffee and brownies. And she was like so agitated, just like bouncing off all the walls, you know. So, yes. (laughs) So, once I cleaned up her diet and, you know, got all the sugar and caffeine, it made a big difference, you know. And I, but I think over time, you know, she didn't really like my diet at first. And, um, you know, now that she's kind of gotten used to it and also forgotten what it was, was before, um, 
she's just become so much more settled and so much easier to be around because in the beginning mm -hmm. uh i mean literally she was just like running up and down the street you know like jumping in the pond behind the house like i mean i just i was like oh, <laughs> just wow. really running after her all the time and i couldn't even go to the bathroom you know because she would just be like chasing after ducks you know and i'm just like oh my gosh and i mean she's she was super agile too you know she's like she was very active you know she started falling last may so she's she can't walk without my help now but um in the beginning it was just it was like running after a toddler it was just like <laughs> pretty wild you know she kept you kept you on your toes for sure for sure but yeah now that we've kind of gotten on the other side of it like we've kind of gotten into a rhythm and I've kind of you know we've found some caregivers that she's comfortable with so that I can start to work again and it's really starting to get um you know things are starting to move forward again but in the beginning you know it's like the more you try to like make things go according to your timeline like i have to get back to work i have to do this. the more they like resist you know and it's just like okay like you just have to kind of give up and just like roll with it you know surrender yeah surrender exactly <laughs> like the uh cheap trick song yes yes <laughs> and then you said that and i went oh i can't think of what it is surrender um that's okay uh, what's one of your lessons you've learned along the way, as far as anything, um, that had a surprising outcome, like a lesson, uh, in life along the way that, you know, maybe at first you thought it was a negative and then you realized, oh, wait a minute, this is actually a good thing. Yeah. Well, I feel like in general, everything if you if you wait it out long enough and you, you stick to it turns into a positive you know mm -hmm. it's just you you gotta and i think when you look back and you you're able to find the lesson and see the lesson in it and you know the wisdom and the grace that comes from it then there's always a reason, you know, but like, it never looks like that in the beginning. And, you know, in the beginning, it's always like, this is the worst thing that could possibly happen, you know, and then, <laughs> then, <laughs> and then, you know, like you say, you have to kind of surrender. And then, you know, once you do that, and like, let go, and you realize there is this greater wisdom than your own, you know, and, and then something good always comes out of it. And um, I think, I think that's a rule to live by in general, you know, but it's happened so many times, you know, even just like, like when punk rock labs closed and I mean, it was my baby and I had invested so much into it and it just seemed like the end of the world. And it seemed so unjust and so unfair. And I was just like, this can't be happening, you know, but at the same time, if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't have been able to be here for my mom when she needed me, you know? Mm -hmm. And also I think, it kind of gave me a chance to, you know, like take a step back and approach it from different perspectives, which only I think has um, just helped the cheese to develop more. You know, it's just, um, it's important to um, take a step back and look at things from a bigger perspective. And 
I, I, I mean, there's so many lessons that I've learned, even just from that one thing, you know, and, uh, so it's, it's a beautiful journey, you know, and, uh, it just oftentimes doesn't look like that when you're in it. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Good point. Um, a few more questions, your favorite, well, no, no, I want to back up. I've got, I've got a question about futureherocave.com. Yeah. Is your website for your cheese company. And okay. I know part of me is going, what? But a part of me also knows that there's such thing as cheese caves. So that's, yes. I'm, I'm going to ask part you, of you it. Would kindly uh, tell us more about futureherocave.com. So, okay. So part of it, of course, there is this like um, long stated history of cheese being fermented in caves. And um, so part of the name is just like me sort of um, honoring that tradition because there's that's been going on for 8,000 years and there's so much to be learned from the past. I mean, even just in general, like I think everything that's happening in the world right now is so unsettling. But like, I think one of the lessons that I feel like keeps coming up over and over again is that, you know, we've been moving so fast that we've lost this wisdom from the past and we need to bring it back, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so that's, that's one of the things, but then also, you know, just speaking to, you know, what you were talking about and just like overcoming challenges and learning the lessons. I mean, it's like, there's also this like long history of sort of superheroes having their, you know, their superhero um, headquarters in caves, you know, like Batman uh, in, yeah. in cave and like the X-Files, you know, had their little, those uh -huh. little computer guys, you know, that were in the basement and, you know, a lot of things happen, you know, off the radar, you know, in caves, but then at the same time, it's just like, you know, I think there's so many challenges happening in the world right now. And it's like, we need to draw from the wisdom of the past, but we need to also acknowledge where we are and we need to move forward into the future with new solutions that are functional, you know? And so it's just sort of like drawing from the future and the past to sort of like create solutions that are going to solve the world's problems. And so I feel like the whole plant-based cheese, like, process in general, it addresses so many things that I think are going to have like a really profound impact on the world. And so, and it's like, it's a really deep, actually, <laughs> it's, it's, a deep, it's a deep topic because there's just so many layers to it. Uh -huh. um, but uh, I mean, that's kind of what I was trying to say with the name. It's just sort of like, this is the way of the future, you know, but also drawing from the tradition of the past, like I want to make real cheese, you know, like mm -hmm. using, I mean, I'm a microbiologist, like that's, that's my background, you know? And so um, just marrying those things together, you know, um, to make plant-based cheese that's, you know, replacing you know what people's experience of dairy cheese is but you know but yet it's still addressing these issues that we have with like health and wellness and like you know fermentation and you know gut health and brain health and you know like just supporting our own like 
internal ecosystems and in doing that also restoring external ecosystems and making the world more sustainable and like all of that you know it 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 all comes into play you know with plant-based cheese so that's kind of a the the nuts and bolts of it <laughs> okay very nice what about your favorite go-to snack what what would that happen to be hmm that's a good question too. I mean, I eat a lot of cheese because I just have it like <laughs> lying around. Right. Um, so, I mean, it's funny because like I, my mom, she, you know, she has Alzheimer's and everything. And then like, I'll, I'll get some like cheese and crackers and I'll put it out. And my mom, like, I kind of have to like, like bat her off of it. Cause she like, she, she just skips the crackers and she just grabs the whole cheese and <laughs> she just takes a big old bite out of it and i'm like uh i'm supposed to eat that too like that's <laughs> disgusting <laughs> but you know that's like another thing with alzheimer's so i mean i love to like stuff it in dates and like drizzle it with maple syrup or um i don't know like i put it on everything um but if you're talking about not cheese, I think my favorite thing, I mean, this maybe sounds weird, but I, I think when I was running my business, I got super addicted to green juice, mm -hmm. which uh, it's like, <laughs> it's kind of an acquired taste. But like, I think for me, the reason why I got so addicted to it is because it gives you so much energy. And like, you don't have to slow down, like you just like drink it and go, you know, and it actually got to be sort of a problem because I, I, you get so busy that if you don't take time for yourself, like you can just really like, I mean, I kind of did that, like on my first round, round around the track, you know, and I, I got so addicted to green juice and like, I never got hungry because I was always drinking it. And then, you know, like you can do that for a couple of months and realize like, oh my gosh, like. I need to like gain some weight, you know, because <laughs> it's like, it's, uh, it, it, if you're not paying attention, you can kind of like almost like lose track of your sort of normal parameters for, you know, being hungry because it, it's so nourishing, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I kind of have to watch myself on that, but I've definitely, gone off the rails with the the green juice <laughs> well i mean you know if you're going off the rails on something that's there's a lot a lot of other things that be worse for you yeah yeah i think that's definitely true uh what about uh, a favorite animal huh well i have a dog and a cat and i i i love them both um for different reasons so, I mean, I, I feel like that's really a tough one. Um, I'm going to say it's a tie. Okay, <laughs> no, that's, that's perfect. And that's, that's allowed. Uh, <laughs> what about a, uh, a book or movie that was very influential uh, to you, for you that you'd care to share? Huh, that's a really good question. Um, hmm. Huh, that's a really tough one. I mean, since I've been taking care of my mom with Alzheimer's, I haven't 
it's like I have this pile of books and I haven't really, it's hard to get like FaceTime with a computer or with a book because there's always like some chaotic thing where you're like, okay, I got to put this down, you know? Mm -hmm. So I haven't been reading as much as I would like, but I have been um, like uh, watching more movies um, mm -hmm. and Netflix because my mom's like less mobile. And uh, I'm trying to think of what I, I mean, I don't know if this would be influential, but it's kind of relevant to this Texas thing. But there's this d documentary that just came out about um, the Waco. Um, do you remember that incident? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I watched a little three, it's a three-part series, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched I it. Just, wow, yeah, because that happened when I was, right before I graduated from college, which it's like, oh my gosh, like it's been 30 years since I graduated from college. Mm -hmm. but uh uh yeah and I remember that happening and so it's like going back in time but then also you know they were talking about the connection with you know the Oklahoma City bombing and, mm -hmm. and you know now I live in Oklahoma and it's just um I feel like it was you you just don't realize like how that was a seed for all these other things you know mm -hmm. that have been happening and sure um, there's so much happening in the world like that where it's just like it's like in retrospect you can see sort of like the seeds where that came from and mm -hmm. I think also just like in general there's so many systemically um things happening in the world where we're all trying to adapt to this um like these systems that seemed so stable and like they were going to be around forever, you know, when we were younger that are kind of like crumbling and mm -hmm. we're kind of all having to adapt to it. And, um, and, and I think, especially during the pandemic, like a lot of people just sort of took this time out and, and now we're starting to connect the dots because we were so busy and so like mm -hmm. distracted. all these things were happening. Yeah. We were all so distracted that we weren't, seeing it you know and and now it's like we've taken this time and we can see how the dots are connecting so in certain ways like I think it's kind of empowering because you're realizing like you know what like I can make a difference you know in all of these things that are happening and I mean even just like you know with plant-based and the food system and you know it's like how we eat every day and how that impacts the world and, you know, it, it seems like, oh, like, I'm not going to make a difference. I'm just one person. But then you realize, like, if everyone does that, like, this is what happens, like these horrible tragedies. And like, we have to, uh, we have to all empower ourselves to get more involved in the world, you know, because mm -hmm. uh, it is our world, you know, and, and we do all play a role in it. And it's, it's important that we that we kind of take our power back and, and get involved, you know? Agreed. Absolutely. Um, thank you for joining us today. I appreciate yeah. Has it already been an hour? I'm like, whoa, that went by fast. <laughs> it, goes by, it goes by fairly quick, but uh, remind us where people can find you on social media. What are you on Instagram? I know you're on Instagram and where else? I'm on Instagram and Mostly on Instagram. I have like a TikTok and a YouTube, but they're not super developed yet. So yeah, on Instagram, I'm Asian Warrior Princess. That's my personal. And then Future Hero Cave is for the cheese. So 
Okay, wonderful. Uh, Alyssa, much success to you. Uh, Thank you. Thanks for being cheesy. And, uh, <laughs> uh, joining us here today and uh, enjoy yourself. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks, everyone.